Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Hey, what's going on? I'm Mark Grody. Welcome into the Daily Score. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I'm uh, in the atrium at Hallis Hall. That's where this particular episode is originating. Got Ditka right there. That's right. That's a giant Ditka bobblehead in the background. So, you know. This might be the day to check out the video version of the podcast. The reason that we were assembled at Hallis Hall is that the two main coordinators were introduced today. The offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, and the defensive coordinator, Eric Washington. What I will tell you, we're going to hear from Shane Waldron, but Shane Waldron did not say anything. In terms of naming players on the team that he likes, he wouldn't say the name Justin Fields. He wouldn't say the name Caleb Williams. He was asked to evaluate both of those quarterbacks, and he just he talked about it in generalities with, with expertise. Asked about Caleb Williams, and he just said, oh, there's a bunch of really good quarterbacks, basically. So – we didn't really get too far with him on anything specific. Um, so very guarded, obviously very well-trained to keep it zipped because of the situation the Bears are in right now. But I did. I thought there was some stuff that was worthwhile listening to at least. And Shane Waldron was asked about the situation that he was walking into and specifically the situation at quarterback. What do you find intriguing about the current situation that the Bears quarterback situation is in right now? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at it from, from either lens right now, you know, obviously it's a unique spot in the draft to have the, the first overall pick, the ninth overall pick, just from an organization in general. You know, it's not going to happen too often. Uh, and, again, every year is so individually based. You know, this is that, that year. And then also a core uh, a group of players that are already in place on offense, including the quarterback that played at a high level and have had to have displayed, you know, uh, the ability to win football games and, and, and make plays. So I think the, the combination of those two things were really intriguing. And then, you know, you know, even furthermore than that was just the even from that initial interview, just the the uh, connection and interaction between Coach Eberflus and, and Ryan Poles and and seeing a connected organization when you walk in the building and you feel it and you start to get really excited about uh, the direction that this thing's going. That's about the most he would say about Justin Fields. And again, his name wasn't mentioned, but he is talking about the current quarterback again, saying that he would that he displayed the ability to make plays and to win, which could not be a more generalized statement. Every every quarterback ever has at times displayed the ability to make plays and win games. <laughs> so, so I, I I get it, I, I really do. But it was almost like the theme today was Shane Waldron. I thought just went a step far in his guardedness. I imagine he was scared to death to have to do this press conference in the middle of the Caleb Williams, Justin Fields debate and the combine coming up in the draft around the corner. So it was almost like he overcompensated. One thing he did say, Waldron, was that he thinks that you know, either Justin Fields or Caleb Williams would be safe in his system. To say this is an offense, though, whether it's Justin or a college quarterback that you know to be named later, that could work for either one of them. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. You know, I think in the in the past experiences, like I said, with with different quarterbacks, different experience levels. Uh, whether I was in the coordinator role or in a, in a role uh, as a position coach, you know, I felt that way. I felt different quarterbacks have been able to. Uh, to step foot into the system, be able to uh, to learn it quickly, you know, and that starts with us being able to teach it in a good and efficient man, uh, manner where they understand it, and then being able to go and, and again adjust because each guy's going to have a different skill set. So what direction does it go? Uh, it's you know the players really take ownership and control of that. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> just not a whole lot there, but I think that what he is saying is what most offensive coordinators are going to say. And that is, yes, my system fits everybody. We are going to cater to the players and their strengths and all that, which I guess is still refreshing to hear going two coordinators back and Matt Nagy when he just kind of refused to do that. But I think, you know, Luke Getze stated that as his goal when he first got here. Definitely can debate on whether or not he pulled it off, but that was definitely in his conscience to do that. So really not a whole lot different from Waldron in answering that question than from Luke Getze. Last thing from Waldron before we get to the defensive coordinator, Eric Washington, is you know one of the big things for Shane Waldron is the fact that he it was on his watch where a quarterback and Geno Smith, who a lot of people probably did not suspect would ever thrive in the NFL at the level he ended up doing, that happened on his watch. So let's hear what Waldron had to say about Geno Smith and that development. How much pride do you take in getting the most out of a quarterback? And just generally speaking, what would you say is the key to developing a quarterback and getting the most out of them? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, experience with Geno was unbelievable. It started with him as a player. And I think, you know, you talk in terms of 
what guys can learn from him was a unique ability to have a positive mindset no matter what the scenario was. And, and when I got a chance to start working with him, you know, there was an unwavering mindset that he was a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I think is part of the process or, or part of the thought process that every quarterback and every player in this league is going to have. And so to get it, uh, you know, to be lucky enough to work with a guy like that that had that mindset uh, and then to be able to start to develop that relationship with him, that rapport uh, where we can get into game day and, and feel like, hey, we're on exactly the same page on everything that's going on. I think that was uh, something that I would take from that uh, that moment with him. And, and again, looking forward to it, and you'll hear me you know refer to it you know a good amount of times but to me the the teaching the coaching it all starts with how well you're getting to know these guys you know what's the relationship like with them and not to say that everyone's going to have the exact same relationship with every single player you know and and I think but having that that understanding of their why and and really like I said seeing Gino how he worked how he was uh totally dialed in no matter what the scenario was, whether he was going to be the starter that week, whether he was a backup when I was first around him, you know, that was unwavering and his confidence uh, from that was unwavering. Yeah. And I mean, you got to give him that. Definitely got to give him that. I mean, a lot of people will take credit for the Geno Smith reclamation project. Some people insist that it was Pete Carroll, but he was the damn offensive coordinator happened on his watch. So you just give him some of that credit. I don't think that's something that I would debate. I would say that's a really good sign for your offensive coordinator that he was able to make a quarterback good, whether it's calling the right plays, drawing the right plays, getting in whatever he said to him. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm not going to get finicky with that. Who actually gets the credit? He gets some credit for what Geno Smith did. Let's get to the defense. Now, Eric Washington, here's the thing. It's official. Matt Eberflus is going to be calling the play. So then you ask yourself, what exactly does this guy do if he's not calling plays? Well, here's Eric Washington on that. Well, just just making sure, number one, you know, understand that Matt is also the head football coach. And so, you know, calling the defense, that's that job, that responsibility. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of nuance to that. But at the same time, he's got to make sure that the team and the decisions that have to be made from that seat are taken care of. And so for me, I will be – I will do everything that the coordinator is doing without actually calling the defense. And if he needs to hand that responsibility off to me temporarily or for a snap or two, be ready to follow up and to take that role on and to make sure that we continue to move forward in the direction that we want to go in. And so the other thing is just, you know, on the sideline during the game, just making sure that the coaches and the players are informed as far as the adjustments that we need to make and how the game is unfolding. So there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of communication back and forth uh, when we go to offense and when, as opposed to when we're on defense. So just supporting him and being of the mindset that you're the play caller. So if there's a question that's posed, if there's some way I can support that situation, make sure I get that information to him quickly and clearly so he can make a decision. Will you be, will you be like devising game plans or, or initiating game plans, or is that kind of Matt, Matt's thing? No, we, it, we from we'll be collaborating on all of those issues, and um, and certainly I'll be called upon, or I'll be counted on, to uh, be a part of the constructing the defense, organizing exactly what we want to do relative to different situations, and just putting the entire plan together along with our staff. There'll be some collaboration there, but uh, Matt and I will work closely together to come up with the final approach that we want on a week in and week out basis. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I still think, though, it's got to feel awkward and a little bit empty if you're the defensive coordinator coming in here. So you're going to hear some stuff about his play calling. And you'll hear I just straight up ask the question about what I'm talking about right now. You at all reluctant to take the job because of the fact that you will not be calling plays? Yeah, you know, my focus is on what the job is and as opposed to what it isn't. Um, you know, the opportunity to come here and to this organization with a defense that is clearly on an upward trajectory, that has some really dynamic performers in place with plans of obviously uh, augmenting that. Um, that's what my focus was, and uh, that's what it continues to be. I've been a play caller. I'm pretty confident that I will do that again at some point. But right now, um, I'm really confident in uh, what Matt is going to bring to the table in that respect, and I will support him uh, as, as best that I can. Ascension that you've called plays before and you'd like to do it again someday. Did you talk to Matt Eberflus about that and that maybe eventually this year or even next year you take over those duties of play calling? Yeah, during that process, you know, we the, the conversations were extensive and comprehensive and we, we touched on a lot of a lot of things. You know, uh, and you know, Matt's aware of uh, of of my background in terms of calling uh, defenses and um, what we talked about more than anything was just how do we put forth the best scenario for 2024 to make sure our defense is going in the right direction. Matt uh, Eberflus is an unbelievable play caller. He's an outstanding play caller, and we saw the effect that that had on our team last year, especially going down the stretch. We want to continue that. We, we don't want to stymie that momentum. We want to continue that, and my expectation, his expectation for me is to contribute to that uh, in the planning process and in real time on game day. Yeah, and I, I do believe that it's definitely plausible that eventually, assuming it works out and he's here in the long term and you know he's not a one-and-done guy, Eric Washington, that, yeah, I think that it would probably be something that Matt Eberflus would probably love to pass along play calling to somebody else unless he just absolutely loves doing it. Matt Eberflus has shown, at least in the time that he did it with the Bears, that I agree, he is pretty good at it, but it's still not ideal. So that's something I, I'll keep an eye on that. I'm going to keep an eye on play calling this year and who actually will end up doing it by the end of the season because I just I feel like Washington's eventually going to get it. Last thing from Eric Washington, a lot of what he has done in his career is defensive line coach, so he was asked specifically about the, the D-line and what he thinks about it. We're going to be a team that that generates pressure with our front four. We're going to build the best pass rush in football. That happens to be, you know, an area, fortunately, that I, in an area that um, I've had tremendous success with. And um, there's, we have the, the personnel to, to get that done. We've got um, size, speed, quickness, length, Montez, I remember Montez through the, uh, the through the pre-draft process when I was in Carolina. Really admired the traits, the mindset, all of those types of things. So you look at the people that we already have here. I mean, it's just exciting. It's exciting. Plus, we invested heavily in the draft last year with the two young defensive tackles. I happen to know them going through the draft process. So all things are just positive as far as that goes. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that, no, that's good that he has some familiarity um, with those guys. And the guy, you know, the guy that I'm really focused on this year is Jervon Dexter. And he mentioned that, you know, he uh, definitely is familiar with his work because I still don't know if they've got that three technique down. Justin Jones, free agent. I don't know. You know, he wasn't exactly dominant at that position. I like him. Uh, but, you know, that's still something to keep an eye on. How much do they like those now second-year defensive linemen? And I imagine Eric Washington will have a say in it. That's going to be it for today. Glad we got to, again, introduce you to new coordinators for the Chicago Bears. That's it for us, though. For Ray Diaz and from Hallis Hall, I am Mark Grody for the Daily Score. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com sportsfan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.